Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my Welcome back to another episode of Plush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I am still in Sydney, Australia. If it's your first time listening, I'm Hiva. I'm the host of this show. This show is about all the types of things that might make you blush. And I usually live in New York City, but I've been in Australia since the beginning of March. Um, I have always hated the winter and I've always looked for an escape plan from the winter but I have to say I really don't love Florida sorry if that's controversial I just don't and I also don't really love LA and uh a while ago I started dating a guy who's Australian and he actually comes back to Australia for every northern hemisphere winter southern hemisphere summer for his work and I was like boom I should date that guy because that's the lifestyle that I want. And so he came back in December. I couldn't come with him because the borders were closed at the time. They opened end of February. I hopped on a plane beginning of March. And here I am. That's a quick recap of my life and the show and just getting you right up to speed. So I am still in Sydney, just having the time of my life. Um, going back to the ladder thing that we talked about two episodes ago, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would recommend going back. It's called Seven Simple Easy Habits That'll Transform and Improve Your Life, something to that effect. Um, you can go back and listen to it, but just a quick recap I talked about this ladder experiment that um, some philosopher type author, writer, who knows, came up with. His premise is if you spend three nights in a row visualizing yourself climbing a ladder, then within a week or so, you'll end up climbing a ladder. It's now been like two and a half weeks. I've not climbed a ladder. So yeah, I think we're out on that. I will say every single time Ozzy sees a ladder, which is all the time now, he does point it out to me. But again, if you spend time thinking about something, if you spend time talking about something, you're going to notice it more in real life. I don't think that's magic. I think that's just nature. And I think it's a tool that we can harness, but I don't think it's magical. Anyway, moving right along from the ladder, that's probably going to be the last ladder update that I do because, you know, again, I know it's probably my third time saying this. If I climb a ladder six months from now, I'm not going to attribute it to having visualized it back in March. So that's it on the ladder updates. Unless I got stories from you guys that you did this and you did climb a ladder within a week, which I did get one of those stories. But that's it on the ladder. I won't keep talking about it. So I'm sorry if you've been silently suffering the past three weeks, but it's done. It's over. Done with the ladder. Moving right along. Um, I watched the Oscars for the first time of my life this year. I have not once really watched an award show. It's just not my thing, I guess. Um, And uh, I didn't even put it on. Ozzy had put it on and then he left And so it was just on in the background while I was doing work. And guess what? In Australia, 
they didn't beep out the whole Will Smith slap thing. Like he said, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. The F word was on TV. The whole thing was on TV. I think it was Australia and Japan that kept it running. And frankly, I was just kind of in my own little world doing work. So I didn't even really notice it. Like, I kind of thought it was a bit. I was like, oh, that's weird. Whatever. Who cares? Moving right along. (laughs) And then when Will Smith got up to get his um, Oscar, he gave this, to me, seemingly bizarre speech because I was only half paying attention. And so when he's like, oh, like crying and like being protective of his family and like, I hope the Academy will have me back. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like, what a strange, strange, strange speech to give. And then later, Ozzy's back. I went to go pee and I always bring my phone with me when I pee because I have something that I call pee anxiety and I have an exceptionally difficult time peeing in a lot of situations. For me, it's mostly if there's pressure. So like my least favorite scenario in the world is being at a crowded bar. I mean, period. That's my least favorite scenario in the world. (laughs) But specifically having to pee and there's a long line. It's one of those like single bathroom scenarios and there's a long line for it and everyone's waiting and the pressure is on for me to pee oh my God, I will not be able to pee in. It doesn't matter how much I drink. I will just hold that pee in. Like my Kegel muscles could be in the Olympics. Like if there was an Olympic sport for holding your pee, I would win gold every fucking time. In fact, they should start it because I'm really bad at most things. So it'd be really nice to win gold in something. Anyway, so I bring my phone with me to the bathroom and I'm just kind of scrolling on Instagram And there's all these references to like Will Smith and Chris Rock. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that was kind of weird, but I don't really know what's happening. And so I ask Ozzy and he's like, it's literally all anyone's talking about. Weren't you watching it? Wasn't it on? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Anyway, so yeah, I saw the whole thing. And I have an unpopular opinion which I will share. I really went back and forth on whether or not to share this. And I wasn't going to because I know it's not going to be liked, but I want to share it because I kind of want to psychoanalyze myself. And frankly, that's the whole premise of this show, right? It's not just like a health and wellness show where I come at you and preach about how to be better. Really, the premise is like, I'm a fucked up, flawed individual These are the ways in which I'm fucked up and flawed and I want to improve. And during the process, maybe I'll tell you about things as I go along them. Wait, before I get into it, though, I'll just give a brief synopsis of what happened for the one-off individual who is less culturally aware than I am. So Chris Rock is on stage. He makes a joke about Jada Will Smith's wife. Um, having a shaved head and she has alopecia and she's pretty open about it and how hard it is. And I mean, hair loss, I think, is hard for everyone. But for a female, where so much of our beauty and so much of our value comes from our looks in society and so much of our looks really come from having hair, that's a really hard thing. And so Will Smith is like, yeah, Jada, can't wait to see you in G.I. Jane 2 or something like that. I didn't even catch that reference, but in G.I. Jane, Demi Moore has a shaved head. And so he's making a joke about her having a shaved head. And Will Smith seems to laugh at first, which is interesting. And I want to touch on this in a bit. Um, So Will Smith laughs initially. And then I guess maybe he looks over at Jada. My guess is, I don't know, I haven't seen you know, this shot of it. And my guess is she probably looked pissed. And so he gets up on stage. He slaps Chris Rock, slap, open hand slap, and then sits back down and says, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And Chris Rock says something. I don't know what. And then Will Smith repeats himself. And then Chris Rock continues. Now, This was highly controversial, as you can imagine. Someone got up on stage and assaulted someone. Now, okay, I'll touch on the Will Smith thing before I get to my unpopular opinion. My guess is he laughed at first because it was a joke, whatever. Do I think it's the most funny? No. 
Do I think it's the most clever? No. Do I think it's kind of low-hanging fruit? Yes. Do I think it's kind of fucked up? Yes. Nevertheless, he laughs. And then I'm guessing he sees Jada as pissed. And that propels him to overcompensate, right? Like, I think maybe if he hadn't laughed initially, he wouldn't have gotten up on stage and slapped him. Maybe he would have said something, which I think he should have, like defend his wife, whatever. But I don't think he would have gotten up on stage if he didn't feel the need to like kind of correct for his laughing at it initially. Like he must have been like, oh shit, she's pissed. I need to go above and beyond to prove to her that I'm on her side, that I always have her back, that I'm always there for her, that I'm, you know, big strong man who protects his wife. Um, so that's my theory. Now for my unpopular opinion. I didn't hate it. And I'll explain why. And then I'll go on to psychoanalyze myself. So if you heard this and you're like, fuck this bitch, what the fuck? It's so not okay to assault someone on stage or off stage, yada, yada. Violence is never the answer. I don't disagree with you. So just hold on. Here's why I didn't hate it. I think it was a fucked up joke. I think I love when people defend their partners. And to me, it was just like, okay, he defended his partner. I don't think a slap is the same as a punch, which I don't know. We could probably spend the next 45 minutes to an hour analyzing why the fuck I think that. I can't really defend the position. That's my reasoning. I like that he did something. I would want my partner to stand up for me if someone poked fun at something that is like so hard for me. Now, would I want Ozzy to go and assault someone? No. And here is where I think my issue is. I think this is like internalized, not misogyny. That's not the right word, I don't think. I think maybe like internalized patriarchal, patriarchal, is that the word? God, why can't I pronounce words? English is my third language in my defense. Patriarchal thinking. Right. Like, I think it's that like messaging that I've taken in from a childhood of watching Disney movies and, you know, shit that just replicates that notion of like needing a big man to defend you and like, ooh, big strong man, like he's defending my rights, like he's going to go punch whoever or slap whoever <laughs> is saying anything negative about me. So, while I'm saying that I don't hate it, I want to own the fact that I think that the reason that I don't hate it is my own internalized biases that are like running so deep below the surface that I'm not even conscious of them. Or I guess maybe now that I'm talking about it, I am conscious of them. And I don't know. I guess the reason I point this out is because I think we all have biases that are running below the surface. Like, I think we all have some form of unconscious biases that are making us act in ways that are kind of fucked up. I mean, this came up a lot in June of 2020 with the BLM movement. I really think a lot of racism nowadays isn't actually overt racism. I think it's so subconscious that we don't even recognize it in ourselves. Like, I don't think the vast majority of people are overtly racist anymore in 2022, but I think the vast majority of us probably have some internalized shit in there that we don't even realize. And I think internalized misogyny is a very real thing. And I think every single one of us, male, female, non-binary, whatever, have some form of internalized misogyny that we're not aware of. And I think this is another example of this. And I think that when we have a reaction to something, it's a really beautiful opportunity to sit and think, why did I react like that? In fact, why do I think a slap is so much less bad than a punch? Is it because a punch feels a little more masculine and a slap feels a little like girly and so it's like less harmful? I don't know. I mean, it's just an, it's just a thought. It's just a theory. Like, please don't come at me. I'm just trying to be fully honest and really own all of my own shit because I think there is shit there to dig into. So yeah, that's the slap moving right along. Australia has been so amazing. I'm eating so much Vegemite. Like it's 
so decadent, so delicious. If you haven't had it, it's, I believe it's like residue leftovers from brewing beer and it's this thick, dark paste and it's just very like umami flavored with some butter. I mean, I use vegan butter, just slapped on some bread. Mm, There's nothing like it. I really can't wait until I'm back in New York and in my own kitchen and I really want to try to make a healthy version of Vegemite because Vegemite is like quite processed. So yeah, that's going to be a project for when I get back. If you end up seeing it on my Instagram, know that you heard it here first. We are going to Melbourne on Wednesday. So as soon as I'm done recording, I need to start packing up our entire Airbnb because we're moving out of the Airbnb. Going to put my big suitcase at Ozzy's brother's house fly to Melbourne, and then I'll probably change my return flight to New York by a few days so that I have a few days in Sydney again when I come back. And then hopefully we will fly back to New York together. But yeah, Australia has been so nice. It's been just so nice being around Aussie's friends and family. Yesterday we went to his auntie's house and it was me and him, obviously, his brother, his brother's wife, and their two kids, who I've talked about a lot on the podcast. It's so fun being around them. And then his aunt and uncle and his parents. And I think that was all of us. And it was just uh, the best time, like lots of wine, lots of amazing snacks. They're so aware and over the top generous with my being vegan like they his aunt had so many vegan options for me and she even like the snack platters before we had lunch like she had a whole separate like strictly vegan platter so that none of the cheese and stuff was on my platter which is I mean just so over the top and beautiful and she had gotten special desserts for me and like these veggie burgers and like like veggie fritter things that were all amazing and like a great salad. It was just so great. Like such a good time. Uh, It's just so fun to be around kids and see the magic in their eyes and the hopefulness and like, you know, the, all the fun phases before they're jaded by life. And yeah, his parents are lovely. Everyone really seems to like me. His mom actually teared up a little when me, his aunt, and his mom were talking about, you know, like Ozzy and me and our relationship. And she's like, I really hope, you know, you'll be back next year. Like, it's been so lovely to meet you. And his mom teared up a little. I was like, oh, yes, thank God she likes me. (laughs) I mean, my people pleasing is such an extreme. Like, I don't just want to please my parents. Like, the amount that I want to please, quote unquote, adults, and I recognize that I'm 33 years old and I really should think of myself as an adult. But the truth of the matter is I still think of myself as a little kid. And I often wonder when that'll change. I have this theory in my head that maybe if I had kids, I would actually feel like an adult, but I've heard from other parents that even that doesn't really make you feel like an adult. Like, I just feel like a giant child, and by giant, I don't even mean in stature because I'm like the same height as his nine-year-old niece, but... Like just this like child who has wrinkles and adult acne sometimes when I'm hormonal. Like like a child who just has 33 years of life experience and trauma. I don't know. But I just, I mean, is it just me or does everyone still feel like a little kid? Like when I was a kid, I thought 33 was ancient. I thought by 33, like I would be this full-fledged independent adult. And I don't feel like that at all. And frankly, independence is something I'm really working on, specifically independence from my parents, because it's become aware to me how enmeshed I still am with my parents. And it's something I'm really working on. And I really want to talk about childhood stuff, parental stuff, inner child stuff a lot more on the podcast. So look out for that in the coming weeks and months. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, and um, the night before that, we went to Ozzy's brother's house with the girls, like the nieces, and we, no, I made dinner. Ozzy volunteered me to make dinner 
And I was like, shit, I don't really know how to cook for kids because like I had a very refined palate as a child. Like I am Iranian. I grew up eating Iranian foods, which is, you know, just a little more adventurous than like your standard mac and cheese and stuff. Like a common dish that I grew up eating was like lamb brains and lamb tongues. And so like I have no sense of what kids will and will not eat. But I did a taco night. So I made guacamole. I made a mango salsa. I did like a big salad of baby gem greens and this like cashewy dressing that I made with roasted corn and cucumbers and tomatoes and avocado and purple cabbage. And then for the tacos themselves, I did two kinds of tacos. One was um, sweet potatoes, black beans, cilantro with a like cashew, like a creamy cashew sauce. The other one was roasted cauliflower, roasted onions, crispy chickpeas with like a sweet and smoky paprika almond sauce. Everything was a big hit. Even the kids ate, which I was terrified about. Oh, and I do kind of have like a teensy potential manifestation story about that. So if it's your first time listening, something I've really been thinking about lately is like, is manifestation bullshit? And I have to say, I do extensive manifestation practices. Like I'm all about the kind of woo-woo life just because in my opinion, it's just more fun to like believe in shit than to not believe in shit. But I also am very real and very grounded. And I often wonder, like, is this all bullshit? You know, like, I think like the blonde chick, like, you know, living on the beach in Tulum, who's like, visualize it, and then you have it and just like, act like it's real. Like, I think all that is bullshit to be very, very clear. But even the kind of more grounded, like based in neuroscience practices that I, you know, believe in, I do often question it. But I did have this fun incident. So that day I go grocery shopping. I get everything that I can from our local grocery store or the one that's super, super close. And then I walked to this um, store that's further away, but still walkable called Harris Farms. Shout out to Harris Farms if you're from Sydney. And um, I had seen that they had tahine there previously. Tahine, not tahini, T-A. J-I-N. It's chili lime salt from Mexico. It's amazing. Like it's a must have for everything Mexican, in my opinion. And actually pro tip, I made um, jalapeno margaritas and I used the tahine to rim the glass. So highly recommend that if you're into margaritas. Uh, Moving right along. So I'd previously seen that they had tahine there. So I walked there to grab the tahine and they didn't have it. And so I find someone who works there. I was like, I know that you've had it in the past. I don't see it right here in your Mexican section. Like, can you check the back? Can you check here? Blah, blah, blah. Like, maybe it's misplaced. Like, can you run a scan? See if you have it in inventory? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, we don't have it. Like, you need to stop acting crazy. Like, we just do not have it. And so finally, I accept that they don't have it. I leave. And um, when I walk out the store and I'm walking home, I'm like super bummed over not being able to find it because it kind of is, you know, the key to everything. And um, I just kind of visualize in my head. I was like, what if I walk into like a random corner store bodega type and they just randomly have it? Like, how crazy would that be? And then I'm like, well, that just seems so far fetched. But like, fuck, I would love it if that happened. Universe, I'm going to cancel my entire manifestation list. I'd like to put this at the top. And so I'm walking and at some point I come across this like random corner store and I was like, I mean, I should go in for shits and gigs, right? So I walk in. It's like just a random little corner store. Like there's like the audacity to think that they could have this like random imported spice from Mexico is crazy. But I just kind of like walk around it and they fucking had one bottle of it. I lost my mind. I cannot believe that happened. I mean, do I think that I necessarily manifested it? No, not really. But at the same time, it does. And like, this is about to sound so woo woo. So please just follow me along. 
But sometimes I really like to ask the universe. I'm like, just show me a sign. Just show me a little sign. Like, I don't need anything massive. I understand that maybe I'm not ready for like, you know, the billions of dollars that I want to manifest or that's not it. I'm just kidding. But like, you know, whatever grand extravagant thing. But just show me a little sign that you're around. And sometimes when little things like that happen, I'm like, is that like a wink and a nod from the universe? Like, is it? Because it kind of feels like it. And I would love to think that that's what it is. Who knows? I don't know. Okay. One last thing I want to cover before I get to the actual topic of the day. Australians are just the most fun people in the world and they make everything more fun. And one prime example of this, and this sounds insane, is they do this bizarre rhyming thing. So I first learned about it back in the US when I was watching a movie with Ozzy and we're watching something happens and he goes, oh my God, is he brown bread? And I was like, excuse me? And he goes, is he brown bread? And I was like, what are you saying? And he goes, is he brown bread? And I was like, brown bread? Like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, are you like, are you having a stroke or something? Like, what is wrong with you? What does that mean? And he goes, dead. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, brown bread means dead. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's just, that's just what it means. And I was like, what, like, what are you talking about? And apparently it's this rhyming thing that Australians do. So instead of saying, like, you know, when normal people speak, they use words that mean what they want them to mean. Australians do this really fun thing where instead of saying the thing that they want to say, they will say something that rhymes with the thing that they want to say. And to take it one step further and make it a little bit more fucked up, they'll often use a shortened version of the thing that rhymes with the thing that they want to say. Let me illustrate. If an Australian says, I saw Noah, one might assume that what they mean is they saw an individual named Noah. No, no, no. What they mean is Noah is short for Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark rhymes with shark. So if you hear an Aussie say, I saw Noah, what they mean is I saw a shark. Just taking a long moment of silence here so you can let that sink in. I don't know why. I don't know who. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, My theory is that a bunch of kids ate a bunch of mushrooms one day. And as they're, you know, rolling around in the grass giggling, they're like, hey, I have an idea. It's like English, but no one knows what the fuck you're saying. (laughs) So I have a few more examples of this. Um, If someone offers you a dog eye with a dead horse that is a meat pie with tomato sauce. If someone says they want to hit the frog and toad, that means they want to hit the road. Um, These are all ones that I've come into contact with. By the way, there is a full list somewhere of all sorts of crazy shit, but these are the ones that I've personally heard. Oh, um, the other day we were at the beach and there was this old man next to us on the phone and he goes, blah, 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 I'm on my pat. P-A-T, I'm on my pat. And Ozzy was like, he means he's alone. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, Pat is short for Pat Malone, which rhymes with alone. And so I texted my friends and I was like, oh, here's another crazy rhyming thing. And they're like, who's Pat Malone? And I was like, oh, I just assumed it was like some kind of famous person that everyone knows because like I know no one. So I just assumed this is a well-known person. So I circle back to Ozzy and I'm like, hey, by the way, who's Pat Malone? And he's like, oh, I don't know. He's made up. He's not a real person. And I was like, 
what? Like, <laughs> how many layers are there to this? Like, you're just coming up with shit. Actually, before I came to Australia, it was a few nights before, um, Ozzy texted me in the middle of the night, like, for my time, like, New York City time, but it was, you know, middle of the day for him. And he's like, yeah, grandma broke her hip in that separate text. Did you see someone got eaten by a shark? And so I, like, read this at 3, 4 a.m., and I was like, what? Like, is grandma okay? So I'm about to be like, holy shit, like, is grandma okay, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, wait, 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 Is this, like, a rhyme thing? Like, grandma broke her hip. Like, did he did he just eat, like, a potato chip? Like, is that what's going on? So I respond. I was like, wait, is this your weird rhyming thing? And he's like, nope. Grandma broke her hip. Separately, someone was eaten by a shark on the beach in the northern beaches. And I was like, huh, okay, moving right along. Sorry about that. But yeah, just a few more. Um, actually, no, the only one left that I have personally heard is have a David. If you're going to have a David, David is short for David Gower. Now, David Gower is a real person. He is a cricket player. And Gower rhymes with shower. So <laughs> having a David means having a shower. Why they do this, I have no fucking clue. I will make fun of it until I'm blue in the face. But if I'm being totally honest with you, I think it's so fucking fun. And it just makes me love Australians and Australia so much more. Okay, moving right along to the actual topic of today. I want to talk about sleep. And there's a very specific reason. A while ago, I was listening to another podcast of this podcaster who I fucking love. And she was talking about her sleep issues. And um, she has like a co-host who's a doctor and they talked about it a a little bit. And I remembered that I used to have very severe insomnia. I actually like never really, even as a kid, was the biggest sleeper. Like even as a baby, I didn't sleep that much. And throughout high school, I like barely slept. Like I would get like four to five hours and I was pretty okay with that. But by the time I was in law school, there were stretches of time where I was sleeping like one hour per night. That's it. Like, it was really bad. And I tried everything under the sun to fix it. And my sleep actually improved when I moved to New York, not because I moved to New York, but because I made certain lifestyle changes. But throughout that process, I learned a fuck ton about sleep. And I thought, hmm, here is something that I've actually experienced and I've actually fixed. And I actually have real advice, both based in science and my personal experience that I can share. And frankly, like, you know, is sleep the sexiest topic? No, not really. Like, is it, you know, really on theme with, you know, dating and interpersonal relationships and all that? No, not really. But sleep affects quite literally every single thing in your life. Like if you want to look good, you want to feel good, you want to feel happy, you want to be productive at work, you want to be successful and you want to have good relationships. Sleep is critical for every single one of those things. So in a way, it does actually affect everything. And like I said, I actually have real advice here. So I'm going to lay some stuff out. You might want to take notes Or you might want to re-listen to this episode because there's a lot here. And I'm going to kind of start very, very basic because I think that a lot of the time when people have insomnia or have trouble sleeping or trouble staying asleep, there are a lot of really basic stuff that they're overlooking. So I'm going to start kind of basic and then I'll kind of get more advanced, if you will. I don't think that's the right word, but whatever. So first off, this is the most basic thing. If you're having trouble sleeping, look at when you're waking up. I can't tell you how many people have told me that they have insomnia, but they sleep till 2 p.m. or they're taking naps throughout the day. Now, I understand that if you're not sleeping at night, you're tired, you're going to want to nap during the day. But if you're not sleeping at night, just power through for a few days if you are taking naps or if you are sleeping in really late so that you can reset the schedule. Along with that, 
you're going to want to check your caffeine and other stimulant intake. Again, if you're not sleeping at night, you probably feel like you need coffee to make it through the day. I would challenge you to not have any caffeine past noon and check the amount of caffeine that you're having even in the morning. Again, you might feel really, really groggy, but just push through for a couple of days. And if you're in this category, it will improve. Also, on that note, you're going to want to check your medication for any type of stimulants in them. Just a quick rundown of the things that commonly come up. Pseudoephedrine, that's in decongestants and cold medicine, that shit will keep you up. It's what they make speed out of, speed slash crystal meth. Crystal meth makes you stay up for days. So pseudoephedrine can definitely disrupt your sleep. Um, a lot of ADHD medications or stimulants, that'll really fuck with your sleep. Some SSRIs can fuck with your sleep. Now, obviously, if you're on SSRIs, you shouldn't just abruptly get off of them. But if you're on SSRIs and you're doing everything else right sleep-wise and nothing is giving, I would have a chat with your doctor about it. Appetite suppressants, Frankly, please don't take appetite suppressants, but if you are, they can definitely fuck with your sleep, diuretics, beta blockers. And then on the other hand of the spectrum, if you're used to taking sleep aids or benzos or medications like that at night to help you sleep, you can certainly become dependent on them. So that'll then make you not sleep when you're not taking them. Another kind of basic thing is exercise, and this is a bit of a balancing situation. If you're not exerting enough energy throughout the day, you're going to have a hard time sleeping. On the other hand, and I will say, I remember during my insomnia journey, there was one point where it kept getting worse, so I kept exercising more. Like I was working out with a trainer. I was going to like all these like aerobics classes. I was also throwing on some yoga and Tai Chi, just like lower cortisol exercises. But I was exercising so much to try to get more sleep and nothing was working and it just kept getting worse and worse. And that's because hard exercises release cortisol. Cortisol keeps you awake. So if you're overexerting yourself in the gym, if you're doing a ton of like intense runs, intense weightlifting, and you have insomnia, I mean, if you're doing those things and you're sleeping fine, then who gives a shit? But if you're doing those things and your sleep is getting worse, it's because your exercise is causing you to release too much cortisol. It's fucking with your adrenals. You're not able to sleep. So frankly, the best form of exercise that I like for me personally is walking. I walk a lot. I walk enough to exert enough energy, but walking won't raise your cortisol levels. So I would find something that's fun for you, that's enjoyable for you, and that isn't speeding you up too much. Okay. Another kind of basic thing is alcohol. This might be a little counterintuitive because I remember like in high school when I first started drinking, like I, if I had a few drinks, I'd sleep like a baby. But actually, alcohol is extremely disruptive to sleep. It throws your blood sugar off, which fucks with your sleep. So if you're a regular drinker and you're having trouble sleeping, try drinking less. Specifically, I what has been shown to be the most helpful for your endocrine system is instead of having like one glass of wine a night, it's actually better to just drink like once or twice in the week and you can have like three to four glasses of wine, but have like stretches of time within the week that you're not drinking at all. And I promise you, your sleep will improve along with that. And this is where I really fucked up and I'll explain why. Food. Eating heavy foods too late will throw your sleep off. Now, like with exercise, this is a bit of a balance because if your blood sugar dips too low, it'll actually be hard to sleep. But eating heavy meals late at night will really fuck with your sleep. And this is where I really went wrong. So I used to have um, a pretty bad eating disorder. And I basically would fast until 9 p.m. 
because like I would restrict so much that the instant I started eating, I would have a really hard time not eating anymore. It was this constant cycle of binging and restricting. So the way that I decided to combat this was I would fast until 9 p.m. And then at 9 p.m. or later, whenever I came home, I would eat. And I would often have a hard time stopping. I mean, sometimes I was like a lot more intense with my eating disorder and I was barely eating. But a lot a lot of the time after a long day of fasting, I'd come home at 9 p.m. or after 9 p.m. or whatever, have this big meal. I'd have a hard time stopping. I'd just keep eating and it would really fuck with my sleep. So you really want to limit your food intake. Like you want to stop eating ideally a few hours before bed. If you are really hungry, the best things to eat at night is actually fresh fruit because it digests really quickly and it's the perfect sugar to fiber ratio to like keep your blood sugar like at a normal level where you're not spiking and crashing, but it's also not dipping too low. So you don't get hypoglycemic in the middle of the night and wake up, but it also digests quickly. It's not like this heavy meal that's sitting in your stomach. The worst things to eat late at night are meats, like any sort of animal protein and dairy. Like our body is just so bad at digesting them that it'll sit in your stomach for forever. Okay. Now I want to talk about blue light. And you've probably heard people talk about blue light. It's a very trendy topic. There's all these, you know, anti-blue light, uh, like iPhone screen protectors and blue light glasses and shit like that. But here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't really know what we're talking about. So I'm going to give you kind of a brief overview Basically, the sun, which is, you know, the natural source of light in our lives, has all these different shades in it, like different light frequencies. And when the sun first comes out in the morning, as it's rising, it's more warm in color. So there are more yellows and oranges and reds and not too much blue and green light within the sun. And then as it, you know, comes up more at noon is the maximum amount of blue and green light that it has. And then afternoon, it starts going down again. And during the sunset, it's quite red. Now, the different light frequencies trigger different chemical responses in our brains. Again, keep in mind in ancient times, there were no clocks. So we were getting information from the sun. And basically what happens is if you're sleeping while you're eating, while you're kind of living in accordance with nature, you don't actually need a ton of energy in the morning. You usually will wake up with a good amount of energy. And then as that energy starts to slump, by noon, you need a pick-me-up. Blue and green lights give you a lot of energy. They stimulate the release of cortisol. That cortisol is a stimulant, essentially. So it's buzzing you up. It gives you that energy. And then as the day goes on, the blue and the green light keep getting lower and lower. By sunset, it's pure red. That red stimulates the release of melatonin in your brain, which then signals that it's time for bed. So here is the problem. Our phone screens have blue and green lights at a level that is the same as the noon sun. So the highest amount of blue and green light found in nature. Now we wake up, we look at our phone screen, it signals to your brain that it's noon. And so your brain starts releasing all of this cortisol. That gives you anxiety, probably. It really stimulates you. So it gives you energy and excitement and also anxiety because anxiety and excitement are essentially the same thing. Physiologically, they're identical. Um, so, and then at like throughout the day, every time you look at your phone, you're telling your brain it's noon, it's noon, it's noon. Your brain keeps releasing cortisol. So Basically, what's happening is like we're stressed, we're anxious, we're crashing, and then at night we can't sleep. So there are fixes for this. Number one, there's a way to go into your phone 
and make the phone screen warmer. Now, I have this set for mine all the time. What you do on an iPhone, and I can put these instructions on the um, Instagram, but I'll just kind of walk you through it. So if you go to your settings, go to display and brightness, click on night shift. Now, my night shift is scheduled and it's scheduled from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. And then at the color temperature part, you want to drag it all the way to the right to the most warm setting that you can. So what happens when you have this scheduled and turned on is your phone automatically is warmer, which means less blue and green light at all times of the day other than from 12 p.m. until 2 p.m. Now, I know I said the settings backwards, but that's just how it ends up working in the phone. So you want to set it the way that I set it. But at all times other than 12 to 2, the phone is in a warmer setting. There's less blue and green light. From 12 to 2, it looks like a normal phone. That's one thing. Another like thing that I would highly recommend is there's another setting you can do in your phone. And I'll just put this one on Instagram because I really don't remember how I did it off the top of my head. And then there's a shortcut you can set for it. But I have a shortcut set on my phone where at night after sunset, I'll put my phone onto full red mode. So it's like red as fuck. Like it's pretty hard to see and do things. You can still text. You can still check email. Like you can still do certain things, but like everything is pretty fucking red. And that again has like virtually no blue and green light so that your phone isn't disrupting you. Now we get blue light from other sources too. LED lights are pretty terrible. Um, those uh, fluorescent light bulbs, those are the worst. Those just have insane amounts of blue and green light. Um, the TV, the computer, yada, yada. Be judicious with your devices at night. Um, one thing specifically I would really recommend, I know there are a lot of blue light glasses out there, but there's only one company that's actually been scientifically backed. It's an Australian company. I'm getting zero money from this. It's called Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Check them out. I have their red lenses for night. I have um, two other blue light blocking lenses for the daytime. Highly recommend them. They're a little bit more expensive, but they really fucking work. Another thing I'd recommend by them is their sleep mask. They're more like goggles, like nothing even touches your eyelid. You could fully open your eyes on the inside, but it blocks out 100% of light. Having all lights off while you're sleeping has tremendous health benefits. Like it's, it's really necessary for living a healthy life. Moving along. Another thing I'd recommend, you want your bedroom to be a sanctuary. And for that, I specifically mean that your bedroom is only, and your bed specifically is only for sleep and for sex. That's it. You don't want to eat in bed. I used to do this all the time back in eating disorder days. A, I had a TV in my bedroom. B, I'd come home, I'd get ready for bed, I'd have my meal on a tray, I'd take it into bed, and I'd watch my shows in bed, and I'd gorge. I never fucking slept. I did a million things wrong. You don't want to eat in bed. You don't want to do work in bed. I Like the other night, Ozzy wanted to bring his laptop into bed, and I was like, absolutely not. That's not what we do in bed. Bed is for sleep, and bed is for sex, and that is it. And yeah, so no screens when possible. Don't use your bed for other activities. If you live in a studio, I know there's a ton of New York City listeners. I get it. Try to section off a space that is your sleep sanctuary and like don't use your bed as a couch when possible. Um, check the temperature. I personally can't sleep unless it's cold. I know it's different for some people, but just check the temperature. Maybe you need a fan or something. Another thing that helps a lot of people this personally didn't do much for me is diffusing some lavender. So get some high quality lavender essential oils. If you live in New York City, they sell some really good ones at the farmer's market. Um, you can diffuse that. That seems to help a lot of people. Along with that, you want to keep a schedule. 
So you want to try to wake up and go to sleep roughly at the same time every night. That includes weekends. I know that's kind of shitty if you work a traditional nine to five and have to get up at like 6 a.m. every day. You probably don't want to do that on weekends. And I do understand. But if you're having a lot of issues with sleep, I would try to keep it as consistent as humanly possible. The ninth tip that I have is you want to have some kind of bedtime or nighttime routine. Um, This helps signal to your brain that it's time for bed. Um, Personally, I do something called gratefuls. Um, To hear more about that, listen to the episode called Five Scientifically Proven Ways to Feel Happier. Um, I say three things that I'm grateful for. A lot of people really like like a shower or a bath before bed. I don't personally do this. I did go through a bath phase. It didn't help me that much, but I don't know. I'm just dirty by nature, so whatever. Um, I also wear a night guard, and I'm not saying you have to go out and get a night guard, but a lot of people clench their jaws without even realizing it. And so if you're like ever having some sort of like inflammation or feel weird in your ears or have a tight jaw or jaw pain, I would highly recommend asking your dentist about a night guard. And the thing is, not only do I sleep better because I'm not clenching, but the other thing is when I pop in my night guard, my brain automatically goes, oh, it's bedtime and something snaps in me. Okay, tip number 10 be easy on yourself. Like try not to stress yourself out about sleeping. Um, Some people recommend that if you aren't sleepy at all within 30 minutes to get up, get out of bed and like go read a book in another room. I personally have this thing. So even though I sleep really, really well, I wake up most nights somewhere between like three to 5 a.m. I call it my nightly jaunt. So (laughs) I wake up and I'll pee. And then I get back in bed and I do something that I know I said you shouldn't, but because I sleep okay, I think it's okay. I take out my phone. Now it is on full red mode, so I'm not getting any blue light from it. And I just kind of dick around on my phone for a few minutes and then I fall back asleep. I love it. Like it would be so easy for me to be like, oh, I really should be sleeping through the night, blah, blah, blah. But I actually love it. And I found that the easier I am with myself about it, like the less it stresses me out. But if you're going to like really be hard on yourself, you're just going to stress yourself out. Your cortisol is going to go up. You're not going to be able to sleep. Okay, we're almost at the end. I do want to go over a few herbs and supplements that are not habit forming and that can help. Now, I really recommend doing everything else before you get to herbs and supplements. And frankly, I probably should have said that last, but I already started talking. So I'll go over them. Number one, melatonin. We talked about it before. I actually don't think melatonin is a really good sleep aid, and I'll explain why. Melatonin signals to your brain that it's time to sleep. But if you have true insomnia, it doesn't really matter if it's time to sleep or not. You're not going to be able to sleep. But melatonin is actually a very powerful antioxidant. It's really critical for hormone health. It's really great for Alzheimer's prevention. And it just has a whole host of health benefits. And we release melatonin from looking at the sunset. Most of us aren't looking directly at the sunset. So I would actually really recommend taking melatonin, not for a sleep aid, but just for a general health aid. But a bonus is that it could help you sleep, but it could not. So don't get too hung up on that one. Magnesium. Almost everyone is deficient in magnesium. Now, to be an absorbable form of magnesium, you want a magnesium glycinate. I personally really like the brand Doctors Best. It's highly absorbable. I actually had to stop taking it because my magnesium levels were too high. But other forms of magnesium, like there's a really popular powdered one that I don't want to say the brand Like other forms of magnesium are essentially laxatives, like they're not highly absorbed by your body. You want to look for a glycinate. Another thing that could be nice, and this could be a little evening beverage for you, 
is a golden milk or like a turmeric latte. So you want to have turmeric, a little black pepper. Black pepper increases the absorption of turmeric by like 2000%. Ginger, cinnamon, you can add cardamom if you want. Um, You want to heat that all up and you want to add a little like coconut or oat milk or some kind of non-dairy milk. The fat just really helps with absorption. If you want it sweeter, you could add a little bit of honey or maple syrup, but I would keep it low because that is essentially a form of simple sugar that will cause a bit of a blood sugar spike and crash, which can disrupt your sleep, but just a little bit really won't hurt anyone. CBD is great. Um, You know, CBD can certainly be helpful. I would caution against using CBD all the time, even though, you know, it's really fine. I still, it's not something that I think you should be relying on too heavily. Um, A couple of other herbs that are really good are valerian root and passionflower, especially combining these two herbs is really nice for sleep. Uh, Just a warning, valerian root smells and kind of tastes like feet, like dirty, gross, sweaty, stinky feet, but whatever, it's really helpful. And then there were a few, well, another herb is ginkgo biloba, um, or is it ginkgo? It's ginkgo biloba, right? God, I don't know how how to pronounce anything. Um, There's a pretty old study on this. It shows that taking 240 milligrams 30 to 60 minutes before bed may help reduce stress, enhance relaxation, and promote sleep. I haven't tried it personally, but it is there. Um, And then there's a few amino acids. Um, Glycine is an amino acid. Studies show that it may help with sleep. Tyrosine, it's the amino acid that's found in turkey that makes us sleepy. But just note that our bodies need carbs to be able to absorb tyrosine. So if you're on some kind of low carb or keto type of diet, that could actually cause a huge problem. Another one is L-theanine. It's another amino acid. It's naturally found in tea leaves. Studies show that up to 400 milligrams may help with sleep, especially when it's combined with GABA. Now, GABA is another amino acid. It's actually naturally occurring, so it's not one of the essential ones that we have to get from our diet. Um, It functions as a neurotransmitter in the brain. So those are supplements. I will say on supplements, I have tried every single one and none has worked as well as the lifestyle habits. A quick word on diet. These are foods that are good to eat just like throughout the day, not necessarily right before bed. Um, Almonds and all the other tree nuts, walnuts, pistachios, um, cashews. These are excellent Tart cherries, you want to have them unsweetened. A lot of people do tart cherry juice. Tart cherry juice is not my favorite because basically what happens when you remove the sugar from the fiber, so when you have juice, you're taking the sugar away from the fiber that it's tied to, is it acts like a refined sugar in your body. So it will cause a bit of a blood sugar spike and then crash, which isn't ideal. But if you have access to real tart cherries, that's great. If you love tart cherry juice, I do really love it. And I sometimes make like little vegan gummies with it. That's fine. Just have it in moderation, really dilute it. You want to keep added sugar to a minimum, like I just talked about. Sweet potatoes are probably the number one godsend thing for sleep issues. Spinach is great, and seaweeds and sea algaes are really, really good. Okay, I've been rambling for a really long time. Um, The last thing, and this is so important, what you're actually doing in bed Here are a few things that have really helped me. Number one, guided meditations. I play guided meditations as like a sleep track sometimes and I just doze off to them. Um, Visualizing something. I talked about this two episodes ago when I was doing the ladder visualizations. I actually found that it really helped me fall asleep. So visualize yourself doing something. Picture yourself floating in like the ocean or a lake if if that's something that's appealing to you and not scary. Again, it's visualizing. Visualize something that's calming and repetitive 
to you. And then this is the one I've been doing lately and it works so fucking well. So count backwards from 200. But the way you want to count is you want to say each digit. So 200199198197. You get the idea. And then I do each number on an inhale. So on an inhale or inhale or exhale. So on an inhale, I'll be like 199. And then on the exhale, it's 198. And just keep counting down backwards from 200. I guarantee you, you will fall asleep before you've hit zero. If you're doing everything else right, you know, you're not eating too late. You're not taking too many stimulants. You have the blue light in check, yada, yada. Now, do you need to do every single one of these things? No. Like I said, I bring my phone into bed with me. It's probably terrible. Maybe one day I'll stop doing that. Who knows? But I'm not there yet and I'm still sleeping. So... No, you probably don't need to do all of these, but here's a list of all of the things that are either scientifically backed and or have really helped me. So I wanted to share them. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you took something from it. If you're an Aussie listening, I love you guys so much. I'm having such a blast in your country. I really, really hope that I come back next year. I mean, you know, if I'm still with my Aussie, then I definitely will be back. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who could take something from it. If you know someone who's not sleeping well, this is too much. You know, like really this came out of me wanting to DM that podcaster and being like, oh, here are some things that have worked for me. But as I started writing it out, I was like, fuck, this is way too long to be able to send in an Instagram message. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to record it into an episode. If you know someone who's struggling with sleep, please share it with them. They'll take so much from it. If you try some of these things, DM me and let me know how it goes. I'm on Instagram at H-I-W-A-A-A-A, a million A's. There are eight A's. Just keep typing A's. You'll see me. Um, follow the podcast at Blush Pod. Please leave a five-star review. It helps the show so much. But most of all, just share it with your friends. Love you guys so much. You'll next be hearing from me in Melbourne, Australia. Can't wait to connect with you guys next week. Love you. Bye.